Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Save you 15% or more. This is NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Grunt Style. Now, with all the news from NASCAR Touring, local and international series racing, here are Kyle Rickey and Hannah Newhouse. First-time winners highlight a busy weekend of NASCAR short track racing, and grassroots fans now have two new drivers to root for at NASCAR's top level. Welcome to NASCAR Coast to Coast for Wednesday, October 3rd, 2018. Kyle Rickey here in Killingly, Connecticut, joined by Hannah Newhouse in our Concord, North Carolina studios. So much to talk about here on this episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast. So much happening in NASCAR touring, whether it be here in the States or in Canada, a new champion crowned up there, or where you were this weekend with the NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series at the Martinsville Speedway. Let's begin there. A race heard here on the Motor Racing Network and seen on FansChoice.tv. A long night. Uh, it took a while to get to the finish, but when all was said and done, Hannah, it was C.E. Falk claiming the win. Yeah, it was, and what a great race this always is. Martinsville, like we like to say, is the Daytona for late model stock drivers. It it provides a great platform at a track like Martinsville. It was, you know, on Sirius XM with us, um, Fans Choice TV, so it's giving these local grassroots racers an opportunity to race on a bigger platform, and there was almost 80 cars there, all competing for a starting spot, and um, overall, it was a great race. We, the joke was it was 197 laps of great racing, and it came down to three green-white checkered attempts, um, some controversy at the end, there's some confrontation. It was definitely the definition of a grassroots race when, when it was all said and done. But overall, it was an awesome event, and uh, looking forward to the next for, to next year. But, yeah, man, what a, what a night that was, a late night for sure. You mentioned you exhausted all three green-white checkered attempts. Yeah, let's see, there was an incident involving Lane Riggs and Bubba Pollard. You had uh, an incident before that with Peyton Sellers and Josh Berry. All of this happening on the restart in turn one. And then the third attempt where it seemed like everybody went spinning um, to, to end the event, although it took a while, but it seems like you mentioned 180 great laps, then that break, and then everybody seemingly lost their mind. I did. I looked at my watch, I remember, on that lap 180 break, and I was like, cool, by the time we wrap up post-race, um, get everything done, I'll be home in bed by, like, midnight. And, uh, no, those last couple laps, they took they took a solid hour or so for those green-white checkered attempts, and then obviously following the last green-white checkered, um, they didn't make it to the checkered, and so there was a lot of talk about who actually won, how they're going to go back on the scoring loop, who was deemed the winner, and when it was all said and done, it was C.E. Falk, who was deemed the winner of the Valley Star Credit Union 300 over Corey Heim. But uh, lots of debate around this event. There's been a lot of talk on social media, a lot of talk between teams, so it'll be interesting moving forward um, how they handle this race. But, wow, yeah, what a weekend. What a weekend at Martinsville. Steve Falk will join us here in a little bit to talk about that finish and what transpired from his seat over those last three green-white checkered attempts. We'd also, met, also mention, that is, that Peyton Sellers 
who uh, was in the race, uh, picked up the Virginia Triple Crown, scoring the most points between the three major late model events in Virginia at South Boston Speedway, Langley, and Martinsville. Also on the show today, 17-year-old Haley Deegan. She made history the other night, becoming the first female to win a NASCAR Kane and Pro Series event, winning at uh, your home track, Hannah, the Meridian Speedway in Idaho. And I think we knew it was only a matter of time before we'd be talking to her as a NASCAR winner. We talked to her at the beginning of the season. I remember Haley going, look, I'm just looking for strong runs, seat time, you know, we'll check off this goal list. And it's been all over her social media. She had a list that was top 10, top five, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, she won this past weekend. She completed that goal list. And it was no doubt in anyone's mind that she could get it done. She's been strong, consistent, continually getting better throughout the season. But it was so cool from my perspective to see her do this at my home track because I, her and I had been texting the weekend of or Friday prior to the race, and I was like, hey, good luck this weekend. That's my home track. You know, it's it's a nitty-gritty, hard little short track. It's, you know, pretty rough. And uh, we kind of text back and forth about it. And then we were in Martinsville, and I saw that she had won. And I was like, what a cool opportunity. And I think this is just the beginning of so many cool things and big things for Haley Deegan. She's going to carry a lot, especially representing women in motorsports. She held off her Bill McAnally Racing teammates, Cole Rouse and Derek Krause, who finished second and third, making it a Bill McAnally podium sweep. Uh, also wrapping up uh, our opening conversation here over the weekend in here in Connecticut, the 2018 Stafford Motor Speedway season came to an end with the fall final, highlighting the uh, penultimate race on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. A new winner, Kyle Bonsignor, picked up the win. And Justin Bonsignor, who had his worst finish of the season of a 12th, Picked up the championship, and Hannah, a dominant season continues. We kind of figured that he probably clinched the championship before the season finale in 10 days' time at Thompson. You see, I was over at Charlotte Motor Speedway for the Roval on Sunday and um, couldn't quite get some of my stuff to load, and so I was so confused when I'd seen this title come up that said, uh, Bonsignor first-time winner, and I was like, hmm, whoever wrote that article... <laughs> Must have been very confused and not followed the Modified Tour this season. And then it turns out, like you said, it was Kyle Bonsignor who picked up that first win in the Modified Tour. Justin clinched it. Like you said, I don't think anyone was surprised. He's just been so good. No one's really been able to touch him. And so he can go into Thompson with a little bit of a, a little bit stress-free, knowing, hey, he can go for just another win because he's wrapped up that championship. So, um, like he liked to say, he's he got that Doug Kobe win. He finally dominated in a season, and that was nothing short of what he did. I talked to Justin on Sunday after the race, and he said, you haven't seen a party yet until you see the one at Thompson here in a couple oh, of uh, days, time, <laughs> about a week and a half time. So actually his 12th place finish on Sunday, the worst of the season. That was because of some late race pit strategy. And to clarify, he and Kyle, they're cousins both sharing the spotlight on Sunday afternoon in Stafford. All right, coming up here on the show, the Dirt Princess will join us. She's also the newest winner in the NASCAR Kane and Pro Series West. Haley Deegan will join us after the break. Hey, guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work. You can take them any time, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they can work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. 
Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code RACING. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code RACING to try it free. Blue Chew, it's the better, cheaper, faster choice. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires will get you there. Whether you're running on dirt or running a job. Hard, dependable, high-quality tires are the perfect fit for your needs. Front match value, selection, and warranty with industry-leading road hazard protection. There's only one choice, Hercules Tires. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com or call 800-677-9535. Hercules Tires, right on our strength. This is NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Hercules Tires and by Grunt Style. Here are Kyle Rickey and Hannah Newhouse. You may not be a professional race car driver, but AAA can help you with your car on or off the racetrack with tools to help you win every stage of car ownership. And one driver that, well, did not need AAA the other night to get the victory lane in the NASCAR Canaan Pro Series West. She made history by, by becoming the first female winner Winning the Napa Auto Parts Idaho 208, Haley Deegan, she joins us now on the guest line. Haley, welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast. Two weeks ago, we talked to you after winning the pole at the Las Vegas Dirt Track. Unfortunately, on that day, you fell just one spot short. Not the case this past weekend. Congratulations on picking up your first NASCAR Canaan Pro Series West win. Yeah, thank you, guys. I know last uh, the last dirt race that we had in the k Series, I was just one spot away from the win. So I was like, what better way to rebound this weekend? That was quite the interesting race, everyone. I actually saw a caption recently that said, Haley Deegan wins with a shake-and-bake maneuver. Um, that last lap <laughs> came down to you and teammate Cole Rouse coming to the checkered flag, moved him a little bit. What was going through your mind that last lap? I mean, you took the lead and won the race with less than a half lap to go. Yeah, I think, like, now looking at it, like, I'm like, I led, like, one corner. Like, the whole race, I led one corner. And, but it's the only corner that mattered. So, uh, oh, man. And my initial thought was after uh, that last restart, it was, like, a five- or six-lap six run. And I knew I just had to stay on him, not let him get away from me because it was quick. And we were both – both our speeds were pretty close to identical. And so it was going to be hard to make a move. I couldn't make any mistakes. And – uh, I struggled in one and two, but in three and four, I was really good. So if I lost any ground in one and two, I made it up to three and four. But there was, coming to that white flag lap, I ended up, uh, the lap four, the second to last lap, I ended up coming through one and two, and I hit one and two really good, enough to stay with him about half car length off. And then in three and four, I rolled, and I got to his bumper, and I knew I had to make the whole shake and bake move <laughs> uh, on that uh, last uh, one and two corners. And this is a move that I read somewhere uh, on, on, I believe, one of your social media accounts that you had thought about the night before um, after, I guess, uh, some practice laps there on, on Saturday or Friday. Yeah. Uh, it was – I was laying in bed. I think it was Friday night um, after practice, and I was talking to my parents. And I was, like, almost being, like, stressed out. Like, my heart started racing thinking about it. I was like, what if it comes down to the last lap? I'm in second. And I need to make the move for the win. I was like, how am I going to do that? What if it's so-and-so in front of me? What if it's that person? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I was like, you know what? Like, it's for the win. You saw last weekend at the Rebel, Rebel, people will do anything for the win. 
and a frustrated Cole Rouse took to social media, but then ended up congratulating yeah. you. He was he, he he came back around afterwards when he got really excited for you. But your family was there. You got to have your mom and your dad. I know your family is so busy between your brothers and motocross, and you guys are doing off-road trucks and everything like that but how cool was it to get to have both your parents there for your first one and at my home track which i think is super cool that this Uh happened at my home track yeah you texted me before the race and i was like this is gonna be a good weekend (laughs) and it's funny because my mom and dad both of them usually aren't able to make it to my races and it's totally okay because my dad's over there racing himself my mom's either watching my brothers while my dad's with me it's always but always someone's with me but I think this is only like the second race, a third race. Both my mom and dad have been there. So somehow they got lucky with that one. Cause I don't think they'd be too happy if I won without them there. All the stars lined up for you on Saturday night. Now, the win moves you to fifth in the championship standings. You're 67 points behind Derek Thorne, two races to go. What's next on your goal list? We've watched you che- kind of check the boxes off all year at the start of the season whether it's your first top 10, a top five, a pole, and now a win. So I guess uh, what's next now to, to at least wrap up the 2018 season? Oh, man, these next races, I know. There's a couple drivers out there I probably didn't make too happy during that last race. So I think we're on, like, defense mode uh, this next race. But Roseville, that uh, track, I've been there once or twice practicing. I've never raced there, but... Roseville, it's a hard track for me. But I think one track that if we're going to go out and we're going to do really good, maybe win again, it'd be current because I feel like I have a lot of experience there. By a lot of experience, I mean like two or three races and late model. <laughs> uh, not near as what some of the guys got. But turns a good racetrack, Roseville. Roseville's going to be tough. It's definitely we're going to be beating and banging that race. Roseville, uh, All-American Speedway in Roseville, California, actually races a lot like Meridian. So if you can mm-hmm. figure Meridian out, I feel like obviously you did, so you're in you're in pretty good shoes there. But it's been a whirlwind of a couple of days for you. We were talking before we brought you on here. Um, what's the past few days been like you? I mean, obviously this is a big win for you and yourself, but this was a history-making win within NASCAR. No female has ever won in the NASCAR Canaan Pro Series. Talk me through your last couple of days with media and what it's been like coming back out here to Charlotte after essentially making NASCAR history? Yeah, it's funny because I already planned on coming to Charlotte just to do a couple, like, minor media things before uh, or after the Idaho race. And it so happened that I won that race, and I'm getting a call from NASCAR and Toyota social media. They're like, we got you booked from, like, 9 in the morning to, like, 8 o'clock at night both days. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So, like, when I flew out here for Monday and today, I've just been doing media stuff over, like, I think every 15 minutes I've done, like, an interview. And, oh, it's, it's a little tiring, but uh, we got our three four hours of sleep each night. can follow along, I believe, on your Instagram account. It's been capturing all the moments uh, that you've been yeah. able to spend with the different, the different media outlets. Who are some of the folks that have reached out to you uh, following the win that, that may have surprised you or caught you off guard that you were happy to hear from? Yeah, there was quite a few. But the first one, um, when I woke up the morning after the race, after about my two, three hours of sleep I got, <laughs> Uh, the first once my phone started buzzing off in the morning from my Twitter notifications, the first thing I saw on the top of my phone was Kyle Busch tweeted you. <laughs> and I thought that was so cool. And that was definitely one of the highlights of my after race scenarios. And uh, Steve uh, felt he ended up tweeting me too. And there's a lot of people. Bo Wallace ended up DMing me on Instagram and telling me good job. There's just been a lot of supportive racers in the industry rather than 
come from K&N Racers, Truck Racers, Xfinity. There's been a lot of people that have been congratulating me, which is definitely motivating. It was definitely cool to see on our end, too, social media blowing up. It was This was all happening within the last 10, 15 laps of that Martinsville late model stock race that we were covering. Uh-huh. And I was freaking out on pit road because I was like, oh, my gosh, Haley just won in Idaho. But we were still trying to cover Martinsville. So uh-huh. super cool to see all of that happening at once. But we've talked about your 2018 goals. You've checked off all of those lists. Do you have any insight on where you may be going for 2019? I mean, I know age is going to play a huge part in it because you're not quite old enough to run full-time in the truck series and run larger tracks, but what do you guys maybe have set up or in the works for 2019? Yeah, I think you see with all drivers, they always have that in-between year where they, like, almost are not old enough to run some series, not old enough to run some tracks, and just things that age kind of not hold you back. It's almost a good thing in my case. Uh, At least I'm not too old to do anything, (laughs) but uh, I think that, this next year, I definitely want to go for. I don't know whether it's racing Cana and doing ARCA. Maybe I don't. I don't honestly know. We haven't really said anything have or have anything set in stone. I'm just kind of going with the uh, floating kind of around right now, just trying to figure out how to get through these next two races. Wrapping up with Haley Deegan here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, the latest winner on the NASCAR K&N Pro Series West, made some history, and you collected a pretty cool trophy in the process, a rather tall water tower-type trophy. I need you to explain how you were able to travel with that trophy after the race, yeah, having to use it commercial was, airlines. It was a water tower, yeah. It was, it was pretty funny because it looks like a lemon with, like, a stick on it, or, like, a mento. <laughs> It was, it's pretty funny, the trophy. Carrying around the airport, I had a lot of people that started questioning me, even security. <laughs> I saw the video <laughs> on Instagram of you had it strapped on top of your roller bag, your gear bag, uh-huh. and you're like, well, here goes nothing, and it was you pushing this through the airport, and I was like, oh, she is so in for it at security. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think it was like 50 pounds, it's solid wood. <laughs> <laughs> A, uh, a nice trophy to add to the collection, no doubt. Haley, congratulations again on the win. Best of luck to you the rest of the season, and uh, maybe we'll talk to you again before 2018 is over. Awesome, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Haley Deegan joining us here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, winning at Meridian Speedway over the weekend, the Napa Auto Parts, Idaho 208. Hannah, I think she just might have a bright future in this sport. You know, I've been saying that from the beginning, and I have been part of, you know, a couple years ago of the Canaan Pro Series. I've raced with a lot of drivers, including those of, like, Kenzie Rustin and, you know, Nicole Bihar. But I look at I look at Haley Deegan and the support system she's got behind her between her parents and Toyota, Mobile One, Monster. She's got a good head on her shoulders, and she's proving herself quickly. There's no rushing her. I think her parents know that. There's no reason to push her into something that she's not ready for. So she's got everyone behind her that she could possibly need to get on the right path. And, you know, that was something I was excited about. I'm like, I'm looking forward to covering her for the rest of her NASCAR career because I feel like she definitely has a long one ahead of her. She has two races to go this year in her NASCAR career. You mentioned All-American Speedway in Roseville, California on October 13th. Then the season finale at Kern County Raceway Park in Bakersfield, California on October 27th. She finished seventh there back in the spring coming up on the show we're going to talk about that martinsville race that uh, we talked a little bit about at the top of the show the winner ce falk will join us next here on nascar coast to coast 
Clutch Coffee Bar in Mooresville, North Carolina is redefining the drive through coffee game in Race City, USA. The Clutch experience is quick, efficient, and personal. Unmatched customer service is the name of the game. Clutch Coffee Bar offers signature espresso drinks, classic coffees, custom-flavored infused energy drinks, smoothies, and more. With over 25 flavors, there's something for everyone. Visit our two locations in Mooresville, 356 Williamson Road and 154 West Plaza Drive. Open daily 5 a.m. till 9 p.m. Power up today with Clutch Coffee Bar. Grunt style. The American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong. Bring clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward. Never retreating. Never giving up. We are Grunt style. And this will defend. Get yours at GruntStyle.com. This is NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Hercules Tires and by Grunt Style. Here are Kyle Rickey and Hannah Newhouse. It was a busy weekend of racing across the country while the NASCAR Kane and Pro Series West was on track Saturday night in Idaho. The NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series late models were on track at the famed Martinsville Speedway in Virginia for the annual running of the Valley Star Credit Union 300. The winner of that event joins us now, C.E. Falk. And C.E., congratulations on the win. Joining us in our studios of the Motor Racing Network in Concord, North Carolina. Has it sunk in yet? Uh, it, it did yesterday morning. I was on my way to work. Uh, I, I buy cars for a living, and so I was on the way to the auction. And uh, I walked right past it. I was, like, out the door. And uh, I kind of walked back in, and I was like, it's still there. It hasn't disappeared. No one's taken it from me. Um, so it, it definitely sunk in yesterday. It's it's so huge. I've been trying for so long to win that race, and my family has been going to Martinsville forever. And uh, to come home with a clock is simply amazing. There's nothing like it. Now, part of that clock, we, we were talking about it on the broadcast on Saturday night. You'd made a comment in the media center going into the race, and you said, if I can win this clock, I'm going to set that thing off every single 15 minutes. And your wife chimed up and said, no, you're not. Well, little did you know, you walked away with a clock that <laughs> night. What was the process of getting that clock into your house? And from what I heard, you've got that clock going off every 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we got done with tech and uh, all the duties that come with winning the race. And, and so I'm getting everything loaded up. And uh, I'm actually, I, I drive the truck and trailer myself um, you know, from Mooresville where I keep my race cars. And uh, my wife was following me with our two dogs. And we're getting ready to turn left on 220 right there in front of Martinsville. And the race director calls me. He goes, Hey, what do you uh, what do you want to do with this clock? I was like, Well, I want it, and uh, they're like, Well, here's the man you need to talk to, and uh, he got the guy told me I can come get it Monday if I want to. I was like, Heck no, can I get it now? <laughs> and and so three guys in the pickup truck at three in the morning, we we put it in the back of the trailer, and my wife and I set it up uh, along with my brother uh, Sunday, and we got it going. It was a little difficult to get the setup right, but I think we got it tuned in right. And uh, and then yesterday she called me about like eleven thirty, and she goes. What did you do to the clock? I was like, what? What's going on? And she goes, it's going off every 15 minutes. And I was like, well, you can change it if you want. She goes, no, I'm okay right now. So like I said, give it a few days and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, give it uh, give it a few days indeed. Uh, let's talk about the race for a moment. Uh, three green-white checkered attempts to finish the race. Um, three opportunities for you to get caught up in, in incidents, which you were able to avoid. But how close were you to some of those incidents, the last 16 extra laps that were run? Uh, well, it felt like a typical Martinsville for me, you know, uh, getting caught up in the last green-white checkered um, 
accident, but uh, somehow we made it through. You know, there, there were some big wrecks. Uh, got close, really, uh, when Bubba Pollard hit the wall. I thought he was going to come wipe me out, but, uh, you know, we, we made it through and uh, set up, you know, a green-white checker for a last attempt, and um, I knew it was, it was going to be a race to the line. You know, the way the race had been going, they were just crashing on the next corner. So, um, you know, to make it back to the line and uh, be counted as a leader, um, you know, restarts, I kind of live for him, you know, like Ron Horday is my inspiration there. You know, I've watched him in the truck series forever and, um, getting good restarts is something that's like, you know, you're always on the attack. And so, um, I knew I had to get the restart in my life. Couldn't spin the tires, couldn't get jammed in neutral or, or you know, fourth and, uh, made it count. And, and, uh, sitting here with you guys today, it's pretty awesome. Now that last restart was a little bit, uh, little tricky at one point they had you guys just stopped red flagged race directors were going over everything at what point did you hear the news that you won the race and what were the emotions i mean i know you guys were very emotional down in victory lane you had your wife there and you you gave her the mvp award (laughs) for the season (laughs) yeah um i think i think we knew early um uh, fairly certain we got stopped on, well, Corey and I we kind of raced each other around the racetrack a couple of laps after under caution kind of like idiots but um, you know we got stopped in, you know, they finally told us to stop on the back stretch and uh, you know they had the O2 as number one and I was like alright we, we got it you know they, they wouldn't change it now and then the 78 was on top I was like oh my god here we go and then I told my guys on the radio I was like you know whatever happens we had, we had a good run you know it's great to finish in the top two you know regardless how it comes out and then they put the O2 back on board, and um, yeah, I think our, my guys knew they 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 told my spotter, you know, stay behind the pace car and and all these things, and uh, but we hadn't taken the checkered flag yet, and they you know, my guys are on the radio like congratulating. I said we haven't done nothing yet, they haven't weighed the checkered, and uh, that was a whole another process in itself, trying to get the field lined up and um, the lap cars out and the people involved in the cautions caught up, you know, and register across the start finish line, take the checkered flag, but. Um, it was definitely a little weird to win, but uh, it counts, so I'm good with it. You walked us through uh, the thought process sitting there under the red in what was, what, 10 or 15 minutes at least uh, in watching it on Saturday night. It, it felt like eternity watching it. How did it feel like for, for you in the seat? Did it feel like 10 or 15 minutes or, you know, obviously much longer? Uh, well, yeah, it definitely felt like forever. You know, they, they told us the race was over, and so I I had unstrapped. I thought we were just going to, you know, you know, at, at that time they told me I'd won, so I had unstrapped and put the window net down, and I was ready to go do donuts and all that stuff. And then actually, at one point, I came on the radio and said, "Maybe if I just start doing donuts, they'll just they'll have to give it to me." <laughs> but uh, and then they said, "All right, we're gonna line up behind the pace car," and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I gotta put the window net back up before they do do something to me." So I'm like uh, sitting there bundling. You know how hard it is. It's absolutely impossible for a driver to put up their own window net sitting in the car. So uh, I kind of got it hung up there and. Um, yeah, it, it felt like an eternity, but man, uh, they told me I won, and we crossed the start finish line, took the checker, and then I had to wait for the stage to come. And every emotion from when I was ten years old racing go karts to making my first start there when I was seventeen years old, it, it all came flooding quick. And um, it's it's the biggest accomplishment we can have in our race. This is winning the Daytona Five Hundred. This is winning Monaco. This is winning Indy. This is you know this is it for us, and it's probably. Gonna, you know, be it for me. Um, so it's an incredible accomplishment. 
Can you imagine the headline? I can see it already. See Falk disqualified for oh pre-celebrating that's all, that's at Martinsville. That's all. <laughs> I know that thought process. <laughs> Every nightmare just came through right then. I was like, oh, my God, they're, they're going to take it away from me because my dang winter net. Now, a lot of the field that you've competed with, you've competed with Philip Morris and Timothy Peters and all of those guys, Lee Pulliam, for quite some time. How cool is it to get to add your name to that list with all of those guys that have won at Martinsville? Yeah, it's, 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 it's truly awesome. You know, like I said, 20 years from now they'll never remember the circ- nobody will ever remember this i mean i will but nobody will ever remember the circumstances we're all under but on the back of a t-shirt when they print 2018 it's going to say ce falk on there and i'm just so happy for my guys you know people that have been with me since the beginning um of my late model career and um new partners on board um you know i'm driving for somebody now um you know virginia heavy equipment out of radford Virginia and uh, have them a part of it. It was their first, you know, big time late model win. It's uh, it's truly incredible. Well, lots of talk uh, of the last twenty laps and then the extra sixteen laps with all the green white checkers. How was the first hundred and eighty laps for you and your team? Uh, the first hundred uh, started out pretty good. We we didn't have a you know uh, I don't know how familiar fans were with the race, but we ran a heat race before and we were not very good in it. And uh, NASCAR gave us a little bit of work. Uh, time to work, tweak on our cars and do little things to it, like pit stop adjustments. And so we got the car a lot better during, for the feature. And uh, I was like, man, we got a real shot at it. And so at lap 100, we were second. And we were right behind Josh Berry, which, uh, you know, he's one of my good friends. And I was like, man, this is really cool. We're running one, two. But, um, you know, the second 100, it was, uh, there was new, new rules in play that you could put on tires during any time between, on the break at a 100 and the break at 180. And so we were allowed four tires that we could use any time during that point. Um, so we put on two right sides, and we were not very good. Um, I know a lot of the cup guys and uh, trucks don't really race on the lights at Martinsville, but it is a totally different animal. Uh, the track doesn't take any rubber. Uh, we're actually peeling the rubber off the concrete. And so two right sides was not the call. And so we kind of struggled there for the next 80 laps, trying to maintain that fifth, sixth, seventh position that we were in. Um, and then the last segment, we were going to take rights again. And my crew came on the radio and at lap 150, and they were like, we can't do rights again. I was like, I agree. We got to do something different. And he's like, let's put on lefts. And I was like, okay, let's put on lefts. Let's do it. Who cares? And uh, we put on lefts, and we were a lot better. We were in the hunt. We were, you know, like I said, floating between that fifth and sixth spot. And then, you know, like I said, the last 20 laps were just absolute mayhem. And then extra 16 we had to run. Um, but everything worked out. It was, uh, I got a clock chime in my uh, dining room. It's pretty, pretty amazing. That's one of the cool things about that race, that halfway break and then 20 to go. And we saw all different strategies. Pollard took right sides as well as some people took left. Lane Riggs had no tires. Josh Berry took four. So definitely going into those last couple laps, everyone had different strategies. But that whole weekend, almost 80 cars, only so many get locked in. You race through heat races. They have pretty much sent home half the field in each heat race, which went to an LCQ. How do you approach a weekend like that? Is it mainly survival, or do you guys really strategize this out? Um, well, you know, there's there's always certain things you're not going to be able to take care of, and you know, being caught in a wreck. Being, you know, there's plenty of guys that have set, you know, been in the top ten in qualifying, and then they get wrecked out in their heat race. And so, um, a lot, you know, it's been a little bit calmer over the years. Um, everybody's kind of gotten used to this format since uh, about 2012 is when they first started. So, um, there's still plenty of wrecks. There's still guys that are fighting for that tenth spot to make it into the feature on their heat race, but. 
um, for the most part, we're, tr- we're trying to figure out our cars and we're trying to figure out what we're going to have in the race. And it is a good tune up. Um, it's, you know, even though the front two have an advantage of not running it, we have the advantage of actually being on the track that day. So, um, it's, it's hard to say it's, you know, you're just trying to survive. Um, but you're also trying to figure out how fast you can go and save, save the tires you can save your brakes and, um, brake problems were certainly an issue for a lot of people on Saturday night. A lot of people ran out of brakes, but, um, we were good till the end and, um, it, it all worked out. Especially in turn one on those restarts, it seemed like nobody had brakes (laughs) (laughs) and nobody wanted to hang a left either. Apparently. Now you're trying to roll. Everyone was trying to go roveling at Martinsville. I'm not really sure what the thought process yeah, was. Yeah, can't really use the curbs there. Like you could on the roveful. Uh, give it a few years. Uh, <laughs> so you've won a lot of big races in your career, including the first Denny Hamlin Short Track Showdown, I believe, back in, in 2010, a multi-time track champion at Langley. Where does this win stack up? It's number one. It's absolutely number one. You know, I, I loved beating Denny Hamlin at, at Southside Speedway in 2010. Um, my four track championships mean absolute world to me, you know, win the last 300 lapper at South Boston, but man, this is the one that guys chase their whole careers. This is, you know, um, this is like the Holy grail of late mile stock car racing is winning at Martinsville. And, um, like I said, I, I, I told my wife, I said, I could retire now and, and be good. You know, I, and, and she was, she was really liking that idea for a second. And she's like, no, you need to go try again and see if you can get another one too. So. Um, but this is just, um, it relieves a lot of pressure. You know, we put a lot of, there's a lot of anxiety to, to, in this race and trying to win it. And, um, this is something that I can go back to Martinsville now and it's like, well, at least I got one anyway. (laughs) But, um, you know, this, this is the Holy Grail late mile stock racing is the win in Martinsville. So that was my next question. You've won Martinsville. You've won a race like the Denny Hamlin short track showdown. What's next? Like what's a race that you look at? that you maybe haven't won at yet or you can add to that bucket list because you won the biggest race in late model stock racing. Um, one for sure is the 4th of July race at South Boston. I've run second in it like four times <laughs> and uh, Lee Williams won it like a hundred times. So, and I was like, I ran second to him like three times in it. So that is something I really want to win. Um, you know, South Boston's a great track. It means a lot to me. I really started late model racing. And so that's definitely another one I want to, I want to add it to, but next year we're going to run at motor mile speedway that they're going to open back up next year. And, uh, my car owners live 20 minutes from motor miles. So it means a lot to them. So we're going to race there and, uh, race at Langley. They're having the Denny Hamlin show down there again, uh, next year in South Boston, the 4th of July deal, part of the triple crown. So, um, I'm really excited about 2019 as well. I mean, it's, uh, hard to believe I've been doing this for over 13 years now, but I'm just excited as I was when I was 18. Good to hear that the plans are coming together for 2019 for most teams in Martinsville over the weekend. That pretty much buttoned up their 2018 season as we are now into the first week of October. Are there any events left on your calendar before we uh, roll into 2019? Uh, be honest with you, no. I think I'm taking my, my, my wife on vacation and I'm going to end 2018 on top. You know, I feel like... Uh, uh, I'm playing with house money now, and uh, if I, if I try to go to another racetrack, I'm just I'll just be giving it all back. So I'm a, I'm gonna close 2018. Just let the tax man hit me hard, and uh, just just end it on a high note. Happy wife, happy life. He's got he's got this figured out. He won his racing, he got his clock, and now it's time time to take the wife on vacation. Uh, my, wife, my wife's trying to figure out how many puppies twenty five thousand dollars buys. But, puppies? Yeah. Puppies. Oh, see, me and your wife would get along. Yeah. Yeah. But she, still, she still says it wouldn't be enough, but uh, it'd be a start anyway. I love it.
Let's wrap up this conversation by talking about the health of late model racing right now in the South, especially in Virginia. Obviously, we've had the Virginia Triple Crown for the last several years and very successful at all three racetracks. Where do you see the health of, of Southern Virginia, especially late model racing? Uh, well, I mean, 2015-16, it, it was looking pretty bleak. Um, I'm not, not going to lie. Langley Speedway had closed. Uh, Motor Mile Speedway had pretty low car counts. Um, car counts were pretty low everywhere. Um, North Carolina, South Carolina seemed like they were striving pretty well. Um, but then Langley opening back up, the Denny Hamlin showdown showing back up, and and Denny, you know, really put a lot of money into that and made it really worthwhile for a lot of teams and helped a lot of teams out throughout the season. So um, I think it, it's on the rise, and you know, we have a couple new motor packages that. I know a lot of people are, you know, don't really understand what's going on, but they're for the health of our sport, and um, they're helping us get into the, you know, twenty twenty second century. Is that right? Twenty first. Twenty first. Twenty first. Is that the correct terminology? Twenty first century. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> we're in the twenty first century for a while now. <laughs> Sorry, but anyway, I mean, it, it, it's it's growing. You know, like I said, the the internet and uh, Facebook and now Fans Choice TV. Um, you guys have really helped uh, exploit late mile stock car racing for a good for a good thing. And uh, it's on the rise. You know, Motor Mile uh, closed up last season, but it's opening back up. They see the the rise in the health of, of late mile stock car racing and, and racing in Virginia as well. So um, I think it's on the up. You know, people are building cars every day. We had a really good car count. I mean, that car count is going to be bigger than the Snowball Derby, and everybody considers that the biggest race and short track race in the country. So, um, you know, like I said, I think uh, late mile stock car racing is on the rise. We had a lot of new teams this year at Martinsville. Um, you know, a lot of Canon teams brought cars. A lot of members from Kyle Busch Motorsports were there. So I think everybody's putting a lot more stock into it now, and I think it's something that's going to keep growing. Absolutely. Cannot wait for 2019. C.E. Falk joining us here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Winner at the Martinsville Speedway this past Saturday night. Congratulations on the win again, and enjoy vacation. Look forward to 2019. It'll be here before you know it. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. You're a winner of the Valley Star Credit Union 300 for the first time. C.E. Falk here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Coming up, the super late model world and the NASCAR modified world will be well represented in NASCAR's top division next season. That discussion next as we wrap up this edition of NASCAR Coast to Coast. Hey, guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they can work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code RACING. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code RACING to try it free. Blue Chew, it's the better, cheaper, faster choice. This is NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Hercules Tires and by Grunt Style. Here are Kyle Rickey and Hannah Newhouse. 
There was other NASCAR action over the weekend in the, the world of NASCAR home tracks competition. The NASCAR Pinty Series concluded their season at the Jacasa Speedway, a very competitive race that saw 12 lead changes among six different drivers, over 200 laps. And at the finish, it was DJ Kennington claiming the win over Donald Feig and Kevin Lacroix. LP Dumoulin finished in the 10th spot, which was good enough to win the championship by seven points over Alex Tagliani, who finished 13th. This is the second title for LP, who we will hear from in the coming weeks here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Hannah, let's go back to a busy day on Friday in the Media Center at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Two major announcements, two short track stars that I know you and I have watched the last several years uh, growing up, becoming uh, members now of the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series family in 2019. What a cool weekend for NASCAR grassroots racing. You see Ryan Priest, who announced it was going to be over at JTG Racing, as well as Daniel Hemrick over at RCR. And this is a perfect inspirational moment for those drivers that are currently in the lower division of NASCAR ranks, hoping to make it. We're seeing a turnaround now, I genuinely think, in racing, where kids are going out there, and I say kids, including Ryan Fries and Daniel Hemrick, they're going out there and they're proving themselves in equipment and they're showing, hey, I've got the personality, the marketability, and I can drive. Give me that shot. And they were given those shots. They proved themselves in the opportunity. And now they're a handful of the few that have made it up to the top ranks um, simply on working their butts off. So it's a great moment, not only for them, but I'm hoping this is, this is a changing of the tides for what we're going to see in the upcoming years of NASCAR because there's a lot of talent right now throughout the ranks of the home tracks programs and the Caden East West modified tour Pinties. So um, definitely an exciting weekend for up and coming drivers as a whole. There, there's been a lot of talk this year about the, 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 the national series needing to reconnect with the, the NASCAR home tracks. And I think it'll be several years down the line before we see truck races and Xfinity races um, and maybe even cup races, who knows, back at some of these short tracks that we in the media have talked so much about. But I think this is a pretty good first step at, at seeing a NASCAR Wheeland modified champion and a super late model champion and Daniel Hemrick, a modified champion and Ryan Priest, move up the ladder into the NASCAR Cup Series. I'm really excited about 2019 now and watching these two, seeing what they can do with some pretty powerful race teams. I agree. I think it's, it's beyond that as well. I think it's the opportunity of... Um, identifying talent and giving it an opportunity and that we always hear the word opportunity throughout moving up in the ranks and it's something that we don't see a lot of with genuine opportunity you saw Ross Chastain get the opportunity within Ganassi and um, I'm looking forward to what he's going to do next year as well so it's going to be a huge changing of the tides as we start to see teams identify these drivers that have the talent have the drive they want to succeed and we're going to see that change within the home tracks program too as like you said eventually these truck teams and these Xfinity, they're going to get back to more of a grassroots racing, and that's what this sport needs right now. And both of those drivers raced against their wives when they met them. Yeah. Kenzie <laughs> and Daniel raced together in Legend Cars and Super Late Model. Ryan and Heather raced against each other in Modifieds. Both are back in action this weekend at the Monster Mile in Dover, Delaware, uh, for Saturday's NASCAR Xfinity Series race. Hannah, where are you off to this weekend? I will be at Dover wrapping up the Canaan Pro Series East season. Tyler Ingram obviously already clinched that championship, but he's looking to add another win to his season. So always love heading back to Dover. Such a good racetrack, fast. So cool to see those Canaan cars on it. That race on Friday afternoon to wrap up their season. I want to thank Kaylee Deegan and C.E. Fox for joining us here on today's show. For producers Craig Moore and Brian Yesowich, for Hannah Newhouse, I'm Kyle Ricky. 
See you back here next week on NASCAR, NASCAR Coast to Coast. Coast to Coast has been brought to you by Hercules Tires and by Grunt Style. NASCAR Coast to Coast can be found on demand at MRN.com, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and SoundCloud. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a production of the Motor Racing Network. All rights reserved. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope. It's Geico. Uh, Yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.